What's up, guys? I got interviewed on the Strength Coach podcast about a concept that I'm super excited about. It's going to be the topic of my next book, and it's going to be what I hope is to become my flagship book in the fitness industry. Uh, Most of my books have been about single subjects, marketing, sales. This book is going to be about the whole enchilada, uh, running a successful gym uh, from A to Z. So it's going to be um, a big book and um, I'm probably going to get a publisher and everything like that. Well, I was interviewed about this concept uh, by Anthony Renna on the Strength Coach podcast. And so the podcast that you're about to listen to is the recording of that on the Strength Coach podcast. So hopefully uh, this is helpful to you. Essentially what it does is I break down business into uh, three parts and there's three parts in each part. So a total of nine parts. Um, and, uh, I think it'll, it'll bring a ton of clarity, um, about how to run a successful gym. So hopefully this episode is helpful. It is just the start of this book getting launched and written. I'm super excited about the concept and hopefully you enjoy this episode. Thanks. Have a great day. All right, welcome to another special segment of the Strength Coach Podcast. We have on Vince Gabriel, founder of Gabriel Fitness Performance and Fitness Business University. He helps gym owners get more clients, make more money, and have more freedom. He is the author of nine fitness-related books, including the big book of marketing, which really is a big book of marketing. Uh, so if you haven't gotten that, we're gonna, we'll ask Vince how, how you can get that. He does the KISS Marketing Business Secrets for Gym Owners segment. Vince, how you doing? What's up, Ant? How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. I, I love this. Uh, you know, obviously we were talking beforehand, and you're telling me what your new, this new concept is that you have, and you know, uh, you know, breaking it down into kind of the football analogy. I love that. You know, if anybody doesn't know, if you haven't heard the story about, uh, you know, Vince in college, I, he played football. They called him Bounce Back Vinny. Uh, well, well, that that wasn't that was a that was a youth that was a sixth grade nickname. Oh, sixth grade. Oh. But you were I think you were yeah. you were about as big as a college player at that time. So I think. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I do love the way you've kind of broken down and simplified the uh, this this idea about owning a gym business in, into these three parts that you're going to talk about today and creating a more simplified business. That's that's the goal of 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 SPF, which is your is your mastermind, and it's the simp you know trying to make things simple, profitable, and fun. So, but I, I just love what you've done with this idea. That's really just, I think people, you know, they're just getting, this is just the, the, the early stages, the embryo uh, of what Vince is, is, has in store for, uh, for, for this idea. So, uh, Vince, tell us a little bit about it. Thank you so much, Anthony. And I, before I start, I do want to tell you that I've been getting lots of requests uh, from people that I talk to. Uh, that listen to the Strength Coach podcast uh, for you to extend my five-minute barrier on the podcast. And they're all saying that five minutes is not enough time for me and that I should at least get six to seven minutes. Uh, So I'm just giving you some listener feedback on what people are telling me uh, about my five-minute barrier of time on on the podcast. Yeah, and I – yes, and I believe that. 
I believe that. Is there any bridges uh, in New York that you can sell me as well? Because, uh, you know, because if I'm buying that one, Overtime Vince, uh, I mean, I know they called you Bounce Back, but I call you Overtime. And, uh, you know, look, (laughs) tell them, lead them to the special episode that you do for that usually about three hours long. Yes, and the special is as much time as we need. So I'm going to go nice and slow today. But, 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 so um, I created this concept when I started my mastermind. So the title of my mastermind, which is my business group, uh, we have 70 gym owners all over the world in this group. And the, the title of it um, is SPF. It's the SPF mastermind. And SPF stands for simple, profitable, and fun. And the aspiration for this group, for these gym owners, is to help them have a business that's more simple, that is more profitable, and i.e. more cash to their bank account, not revenue, um, and is more fun, meaning they enjoy life as a gym owner. And there's a lot of people out there that don't. And the opposite of this, the antithesis, uh, if that's even the right way to say it, but the opposite of this is something called the SOS gym. So we have SPF, which is the aspiration. That's what we want. We want simple. We want profitable. We want fun, right? Um, but the opposite is what's called the SOS gym. And the SOS gym is the gym that is stressed, overwhelmed, and strapped for cash. Stressed, or SOS is also means health, and why I created that piece, right? But stressed, overwhelmed, and strapped for cash. And the majority of people that own businesses especially gyms are running it with the SOS mentality and mindset and they're stressed out and they're overwhelmed and they're strapped for cash. And the SPF mastermind is the battle armor to get out of that. And I've had many, many people come to me SOS and in my coaching in my books and all we help them get SPF. Right now there's a whole, you know, concept behind SPF, right? So SLS is, you know, the, the national cry for help. Um, what is SPF? Well, SPF is stands for sun protection factor, right? And so that's how you avoid burnout, right? So you avoid burnout by using SPF. And that's the biggest thing that, that, that makes people fail in business. The biggest thing that makes people fail in business is, is being burnt out. And when you're stressed and you're overwhelmed and you're strapped for cash, you're on your way to burnout. And so what I've been working on is taking all the, what I've been doing for the last five years with all these gym owners and helping them get SPF. And what are the types of things that I'm teaching? And what are the types of things that I'm getting them uh, to do and how I can take that process and write one simple book about that process. So people can take this concept, read a book about it and implement it into their life. And so I, I thought of like, what is the best way I can communicate this? And I want to make this interesting. And the way I'm going to make it interesting is using sports, because I do know that a lot of people that own gyms, um, are into sports and, you know, a lot of them are football fans and I'm a, I'm a football guy myself. So when you have football, okay, take football, you have an offense, 
and their job is to score points. You have a defense and the job is for the defense to um, not let their offense, the other team's offense, score points. And then you have this other thing called the special teams, right? Which is, you know, every once in a while, you got to go out there and kick a field goal in special teams. And I thought a lot about special teams because when I was at Temple and there was like this, these weird group of, you know, humans called the special <laughs> teams people, kickers and punters and long snappers. And I was an offensive lineman. And so we'd be in practice, actually practicing and like running and doing stuff and running into each other at full speed. And we'd look over and these special teams people have a bottle of suntan lotion and they're lying out on the turf sunning themselves while we're like literally killing ourselves. And every hour or so during the practice, they're like, Oh, it's special teams. And the guys would run on the field and they'd snap the ball. No one would touch them and they'd kick the ball. And then they'd go back out and start sunbathing again. And we were like, dude, these guys suck. And we hated these guys, but we also love these guys because helped us win the game. How many Super Bowls have you watched where the kicker won the game, right? Or lost the game, right? Bu- so Buffalo very, Bills, very 1992, kicker, Giants won. Remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> no, and there's lots of examples like that. I mean, look at, look at, uh, what's the kicker from the Patriots? Like, you know, how many times, what is his name? Uh, what is that guy's name, the kicker from the Patriots? Uh, is it Adam... Uh, Adam Vinatieri, yeah, Vin- like, yeah. Did he win the Super Bowl for the Patriots? Like crazy, right? But the reality is, so as much as we hated these guys, we were just jealous of them because they didn't have to do anything, and a lot of times they got all the glory. But anyway, there's these three components, and and for a team to be successful in football, they got to be able to score points, they got to be able to prevent points, and they got to be able to execute on special teams. And if they don't have these three things in place, they're not going to be a successful team. And so the same thing goes in business. And in business, we have these three units. Okay. And the offense in business is what I call the getting clients unit. Right. The defense in business is what I call the keeping clients unit. And the special teams component is the unit that I call building cash. So if we could simplify this whole game, and this whole business and break our business down into three units. It is getting clients, your sales and marketing, keeping clients, your retention, and building cash, which is your operational efficiency. And everything that you do, every action you take, every system you build, everything that you do for your business can be broken down and put under one of these three categories. Now, the thing is, is that these are all separate units. And in football, right, on offense, there's a specific group of people that are, you know, supposed to create the offense to go. There's a quarterback, there's offensive linemen, there's receivers, right? And on defense, there's another whole group of people that do specific things. And they have different game plans and they have different coaches and and it's a different strategy for each one. And so I think that the win is, the win is you looking at these three units separately. Now, if you're a business owner, you're probably like, oh, well, I do the offense, I do the defense, and I do the special team. 
right? And the reality is that's what you've got to stop doing. And you have to grow your business enough so you're not doing, because that is the recipe for burnout. The recipe for burnout is you run the offense, you run the defense, you run the special teams. Now, hey, there's a time where we all do it, right? There's a time where we all do it. But in reality, and, you know, there's a lot of times I talk about growth. And I, I think growth in a business, you know, you got some people that, you know, I used to have, you know, a person I worked with and I, I would always push people to grow, right? And he would always say to me, he's like, you can't push these people to grow. They got to live, you know, the business that they want and everything like that. And if you run a business and you're not growing, eventually you're just going to start declining. And eventually no one, I mean, and you know this, would you want to work, uh, would you want to play for a team that just says, yeah, we're good to go 500 this year. We're good to go five and five and we'd be happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. would you rather be on the team that says, no, we're going to win. We're going to win the whole freaking thing this year. And, and I think that, you know, there's some, you know, what we call lifestyle people and it's just the lifestyle and the gym business, like it doesn't really work because once you as the owner just think of, oh, I got this great life and this cushy, but the people around you, they're not going to stay for that. They're going to be like, well, where am I on this? They, they want someone that's going to push the envelope and win. So in order to do that, you got to grow and you, you can't grow by yourself can't grow by yourself you 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 got to work and, and that's the biggest problem i see the biggest problem i see in this whole game is that people get to a certain point in business that they're not comfortable with and then they feel that discomfort and then they go back to where it's more comfortable and the example is they get to a point where they're doing all the sessions and all of a sudden they feel discomfort because they need to hire somebody and then they hire somebody and it doesn't work out and then they're like, oh, hiring people doesn't work. And, you know, so they, so they get, they go back to the place of comfort. And then the whole success of growth is being able to break through the things that are uncomfortable. Right. So let me, uh, do you have anything to say before I yeah. start going through the image? Just a question, like right, right off the bat, I guess, I, you know, when you, when you, like we have these three uh, components and is there um are you going to talk about like okay in the beginning it's you need to put you know like there has to be 75% of offense and and 20% of defense and 5% of special teams i know that's a horrible uh, but is there a time where we these things i'm just kind of remembering from my like it's it's always like trying to balance these things is really a, re a super tough job because, you know, when you get a lot of clients, great. Now you're like, wait a minute, I've been focusing too much on getting clients. Now I, I, I've, I've neglected keeping the clients, so the, the defense. But then because I'm doing these things too much, uh, I have the special, you know, we have the special teams and we need to work on, on a better operational efficiency. So is there a time when you're starting out uh, that, that one of these is more important or what are you, what are you trying to do from a percentage or balance wise? Yeah, no, it's, a, it's a great question. And the answer is you're always doing all three. You have to. You always are doing all three. A lot of it depends on where you are and what stage of the business you're in, in terms of how much you personally do more, 
right? And so that's going back to the podcast I recorded with you. I think it was the Montana podcast where we did the four stages. And so what I would yeah. do is I would direct your listeners back to listen to that podcast because the four stages will tell you what should be focused on most. But that's really more of what the owner should be focusing on. The goal for growth, right? The goal for growth is to be able to have these units always functioning at a high level. Think of an NFL team. Does an NFL team get to the point where like, well, yeah, our special teams, we don't really need to, you know, we don't need to really do good on special teams. We're okay, right? No, they have a special teams coach that, and special teams players that they want to be the best special teams unit in, in the NFL. And they have a defensive coordinator and they have a defense that they want to be the best defensive unit in the NFL. And that's kind of what we need to work towards. We need to work towards, hey, even if we're not focusing on that part of our business as much, it's still functioning at a high level. So I guess the answer would be to go back and listen to the four stages to figure out what you need to be focusing on. But the goal is that you build a team around it that is looking at these units. So I, I, I'll be an example. Like I have almost zero to do at Gabriel Fitness with my gym, zero to do with my get my defense, my keeping clients unit. I don't have anything. I don't know any. I, I do. We had a barbecue on Saturday Aunt, last week. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody at the barbecue. It was, it was like oh embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, I, I, people are coming up to me and talking to me. I had literally no idea. These people, they all know me, I guess, because they see me on the website or something. And I was like embarrassed. And I'm going over and I'm like, Anthony, what's that guy's name? You know, and, I, and I'm like, so I have zero <laughs> to do. Now, is that good or bad? Like, it's probably bad. Like, I sh probably should do more. But, hey, I have, you know, four other companies I'm running. So it's like I don't have the, I can't do everything. Right? I can't go. And that, when my kids were born... I kind of, I did, you know, I had great, when, when, when I first started my business, I had great personal relationships with every client, right? I knew everybody. I knew their kids and their names. And just like, after a while, you know, I really wanted to just, you know, spend time with my kids and spend time with my family. And I just, that was one thing that was sacrificed. Um, and I had to lean on the staff that I had to do that. Um, now, I, I believe that if I only owned my gym, I would still have good relationships and know most of the people at my gym. Um, so I'm not saying you should, you should, people listening should do that. What I do. But, but Vince, um, but, but Anthony at your gym, I mean, you make sure he knows all of those 100%. things, obviously. A hundred percent. Yeah. So somebody's there is, yeah, yeah. Yes, for sure. Right. And so, so the example is I don't have anything to do with the defense Yet our retention is in the last four months has been like literally below 2%, which is like phenomenal in the industry. I'm looking at the numbers and looking at the data like, oh man, we're like, we're keeping everybody right now, um, which is really good. So that unit is working and it's working without me having to do anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted everyone to understand that, you know, 
you know, that that is the aspiration. Okay, Vince said you have a couple of companies. You talked about that in that other podcast with the stages. Okay, moving out, you have other investments or other, you know, revenue, revenue streams, but you set it up so it is that, that inside of Gabriel Fitness, there is this idea of, you know, Anthony being the guy, that's the guy that's like, and the whole staff knows everybody, has great relationships with them and is helping with the retention. Just wanted everyone to remember that. Just because Vince isn't doing it there all the time doesn't mean uh, that, you know, it's not being done. Yeah. And, and and so it's kind of like if if I was to take my gym, which is, you know, it, it's somewhat I've been in business for, you know, 13 years. So it's somewhat more of a mature business, right? But if you were to look at my business, I would tell you that there are two people their sole responsibility is the keeping clients unit. Sorry, is the getting clients unit. And that's our marketing manager, Daniel, and that's our head of sales, Tom Leonardis. Right? And so those two people, they are they're focused, they're not focused on retention at all. They're focused on the unit of getting clients. They're focused on generating leads and taking those leads and turning them into new clients. But then I have a whole another group of people, which, and it's not that many, right? We're not like a huge thing. We don't have like 20 trainers, right? But we have a handful of, of people whose sole focus, it's like, all right, we got them in the door. Your job now, it's like passing them off. It's like your job is don't let them leave. You got to keep them, right? And then we have uh, another unit. And some of this is the same, same people in terms of the special teams unit. So Tom and um, some of the front desk people like have, and um, a role in the in in the building operational efficiency unit uh, for there, but it's almost like you have to create this the, these different units, uh, and not saying that it has to be all different people, but each of the goals and what we do to get clients is very different than what we do to keep clients, um, and so there needs to be the, the strategy beyond it. So let me go through, and I'm just gonna I'm not gonna go super long. I do have a podcast I recorded that really went deep into each of them. Um, but if I started with the getting clients unit, it's essentially your sales and marketing. And it's what are you, it's your offense. It's what are you doing to get new clients? What are you doing to generate leads? And what are you doing to get them to become members? And there's three stages to this. And each of the units, offense, defense, special teams is broken down into three components. So I try to make this simple and easy for people to remember. So I'm basically going to go over nine components today. And these nine components um, essentially are going to tell you how to run a successful business and how to run. And honestly, this is like we're talking about the gym business, but this can be applied to honestly any business that you run. I mean, all of my companies run on this model. So um, the offense, there's three parts to the offense. One is the attraction system. Two is the nurture system and three is the conversion system. Okay. And the attraction system was what most of us know as your marketing, right? It's essentially, what are you doing to get the word out to be able to get new clients? And if you really think about it, there's, you know, some components of this, there's who the client is, Right? Have we identified who we're trying to get? Have we identified what 
we're going to say to make them inspired to want to work with us. And then we have to think about what we're offering them to get them through the door. So it's who they are, what the message is, what you're saying, what the offers is. And now it's like, all right, what am I doing to get those offers out? So this becomes what I call the marketing glove where you're saying, all right, we're going to run Facebook ads and we're going to run um, yeah, email marketing and we're going to do Google ads and we're going to have a really optimized website. Right? And so there's different things and different strategies, which I call the marketing glove. So all of those things make up the attraction system. Right? And then once the we get them to the lead to be generated, this is where a lot of people fall short. And a lot of people fall short because they have no system in place to get them in the door the first time. And, you know, they, they spend all this money on marketing, but then they don't do anything to make sure that they get in the door. And I think one of the biggest mistakes is they leave it to the front desk person or they say, yeah, yeah, you know, answer the phone or yeah, yeah, answer the emails. And you have a completely untrained person that's doing this work. And that is your first line of defense. Your nurture system is your first line of defense for your sales. So if you have some, you know, 19 year old girl that has never been trained in sales and never sold anything in her life, but she can answer a phone and you have her doing that job, you're putting your business at a huge risk because you're spending money on marketing that you're not able to capitalize on because you have an untrained person. So what Dan Kennedy calls the sales prevention department. Right? The job is to prevent sales because of the way they answer the phone and they're not trained. Right? So you need a system for this nurture part to get them in the door the first time. And, it, and it's interesting. One of the reasons why this nurture system is so important, and this is a great thing for your listeners to write down. Um, human behavior is built around this. Not interested today. Interested tomorrow. Not interested again. And essentially what it's saying is the person that is scrolling your website at night and they opt in, they want something right away. They want to, they want to sign up for your gym membership right away that night, 10 o'clock at night. They would come into the gym that night if they could. And then you call them the next day and then they don't answer. And they're like, ah, you know, I was, I had a weak moment. I wasn't feeling good. Or I had a glass of wine and I was like, and then I woke up the next day and I was like, ah, I'm okay, I don't need a gym. And then they, they get up two weeks later and their pants don't fit and they're like, I oh, know, I need that gym, I need that gym. But this is, this is why you, people need a nurture system because this is how people behave. They're completely not, they, they're, they're, all of a sudden, they're so, they, they got to do this, they got to do this, they want to do this now, and you don't get them. And all of a sudden, they're like, eh, I'm good. We all do this. And I do this, and I'll give you an example. Like I, one day, I'm sitting on my front porch and I looked at my neighbor's house and he's got solar panels. And I was like, let me Google solar panels. I was like, this could be really cool. And I Googled solar panels and there was an opt-in. And I opted in. And I was interested. I was on wanting to talk to somebody about solar panels. And the guy calls me the next day. And I'm like, ah, I can't be bothered right now. I don't want to like think about solar panels right now. I got a lot going on. I'm like, I'm good. And so I just ignored the call and I didn't call him back and nothing. And I just like, it hasn't come. But here's the thing. All of a sudden, if I see another article on solar pros and how I can save X amount of dollars in my electrical every month, I mean, that might be, it'd be moved back to my interest list and I might go do it. 
But people don't understand that. And the people don't, don't have a system in place to nurture and they don't understand that that's how human beings behave and should follow up with people consistently. They lose that business. They lose that business because they don't continue to follow up and be there when the problem you solve moves to the top of their to-do list. So that's the nurture system. And the last one is the conversion system. And this is what are you doing to make them become members? When you nurture them and you bring them in for a consultation, right? Um, they're not members yet. They're skeptical people that are coming in with their past failures and their past experiences of gyms, right? Think of how many people have been failed by diets and failed by personal trainers and failed by gyms. They're, 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 people don't understand they're coming in with that baggage. I'll give you an example. So my, my house is on a, a, a hill. So my driveway is like steep. You got to go up the driveway. And the wintertime, it gets really, really icy. And there's been a couple times where I walked down the driveway and I didn't realize it was like icy. And I slipped on the ice. And I'm telling you, and like, like literally gave myself a concussion. Like, you know, feet up in the air, like crazy, like seeing stars. And every time I walk down the driveway, and I don't care if it's a beautiful day and it's bone dry, every time I walk down my driveway, I walk a little gingerly because I don't want to fall because I remember what that fall felt like. And it doesn't matter if it's yeah. raining. It doesn't matter if it's icy. It doesn't matter if it's a perfect day. I bring that with me. And people don't understand is that clients that are interested in fitness are bringing every one of those past experiences with them into the room. And you're, and the job of the conversion system is to not put yourself in the category of all those other people. And this is something that people need to learn. It's something some people do naturally. It's something some people need to work on more. And then, and then the second piece of this is, is, how much you're charging because there's one way to run your business into the poor house and that's the not charge enough money. And I, I can't tell you how many people are struggling so much financially simply because they are charging the wrong amount of money and they're not charging nearly enough. And they think they're being a nice person by doing it. And really the only person they're hurting is they're really hurting many people. They're hurting themselves first of all, but they're hurting their staff because they're not going to have enough money to invest in their staff and they're hurting their members. They're hurting their members because they don't have the, they won't have the resources to invest back into the business and to make the facility look better and to great and create better equipment and to hire better trainers and to pay their trainers more money. Bad pricing is just like, it, it's a death to the business the death to the business. And the problem is it's a very psychological thing. It's a very emotional thing. You know, we were very emotional about our prices. And when people, people need to get their heads around, you know, it's okay to make money. It's okay to be financially successful. You're not, you're doing good work. You're not selling snake oil. You're not doing stuff that's illegal. You're, you're, you're saving lives. And everyone should be paid to do that and paid fairly. Right? I'm not saying skewer people, but you should be paid fairly. 
on what you're doing. So that's the third step. So, so the offense is made up of the attraction, nurturing, conversion. And those three units are, is your, now I'm explaining a very, very big, broad capability. I don't think anyone should be able to listen to this podcast and go implement everything I'm saying, right? It's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is for you to understand that these are three units that need to be worked on in your business, right? And it's almost like this house, you can work on them, you know, at different times. Um, so any questions there, Anne, or is that, uh, is that clear? Yeah, no, crystal clear. Love it. I think, uh, you know, oh. I'm, I'm waiting for the defense because I know defense wins championships, so. Oh, very good. Very cliche of you, Anthony. Uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, so, so yeah, the defense. So that's, this is your retention unit. And um, it, it, this is broken down into three parts, uh, just like the offense was. And part number one, that is the – now, there's some people that are purists. I know that there's a lot of people that follow – you know, Mike Boyle and, and, and they're, they get a very obsessive of, of the training, right. And the programming and what it actually is. And they look at that as, you know, the product. And I do believe that is very important. I will talk about that in a second, but in, in our world, right. I believe the most important thing to your retention is that you put good people out on the floor. I'm not saying that you have to put the same people on the floor all years. I've had a lot of turnover. And in 13 years, we don't have anyone that's still training with us 13 years later. And I would imagine, you know, you look at Boyle, what, what is Boyle's gym? Well, Boyle doesn't, doesn't have any of the same trainers after 13 years. They're all gone on and become strength coaches and colleges. They've started their own companies, right? He prides himself on people being able to move on and not have the same people. But he's got a system where he finds great people and he only puts great people on the floor. And so the part number one of your keeping clients unit is your recruiting, your hiring and your team development process, recruiting, hiring and team development process, how you get people, the core values you look for when you bring on new people, how you train them, how you onboard them, and the, the quality of the person that you put out on the floor is the direct correlation to if people will stay or not. Because I do believe no one, no one, no one is going to have a personal trainer that they hate working with or they don't like as a person. Right? They don't have to be the best trainer in the world. But if that client is driving to the gym and they're like, oh, shit, I got to work with Amanda again damn it that ain't gonna last they're not gonna stay and that's honestly one of the problems i see is that we're putting trainers on the floor and they ain't good they're just not good they're not good motivators they're not good technically they're not fun people to be around they're just duds fastest way to lose clients if you put duds out on the floor and so that is phase number one, phase number one, step phase number one in the getting, um, in the keeping clients unit is this recruitment, hiring and training process. How you recruit, you hire and you train them to be better. Right? Part number two, and is the product, right? Is the, is the delivery of the service. And 
the important thing here is this is um, got to be dependent on who the market is. So you, you, the types of programming that you do and the types of exercises that you do should be dependent on who the market is. If I was training people that were 25 years old, my workouts would probably look a lot different than they are right now, because right now I focus on people that are 40 to 60. And I know that every one of them that are coming in, have got a sore this and a banged up this, and they're stressed out from this. And hey, I can't drain their asses off every time they come in the door. Versus a 26 year old kid, I'm going to train their ass off every time. And, and it's funny, it's like, you know, I'm seeing it in my, well, I'm doing jujitsu right now. And I'm the old guy in the class. I'm 42 years old. Everyone else in the class, there's me and one other old guy. And everyone else in the class is 26 years old. And I'm like, man, I'm like, these kids are like, you know, dancing around after we roll like four times in a row. And I'm like barely able to stand up at the end. And these kids are like, you know, dancing around. Right. And it's just like, it's just different, right? It's different for me than it is, you know, for them. So the product <laughs> has to be towards the person. Right. And, and, and the, the thing is, and, and what, why this is so important, and this is a great story to, to help um, make this point. The Home Depot, uh, the CEO of Home Depot talked about that his most important time that he spends to grow his company is to fly out to the different Home Depots all around the country and the world and to put an apron on, one of those orange aprons on, and to witness what he calls the critical event. And the critical event, he says, is the exchange between the customer and the person in the orange apron. He's like, that is the critical event of Home Depot of when an engagement happens in between an employee and a client and a staff member and a, uh, and, a, and a customer. And I believe that that the critical event in our world, in the, in the personal training world, in the gym industry world is the training session. We, we can be great at giving nutritional advice and, you know, the other three, the other 23 hours of the day and no one focuses on the other three, 23 hours of the day. And that is important. I'm not saying that's not important, but the critical event, the thing that keeps them there the longest will be when they show up. Incredible experience. When they show up, is the workout the right thing for them? When they show up, do they feel great when they walk out or do they feel beat the hell to walk out? And the programming, the, the workouts that you write, um, how your staff is trained to, to, to implement those workouts, all matters. I call it the, it's, it's like the food in the restaurant. If the food in the restaurant is bad, you ain't going to go back. I don't care how good the customer experience was. I don't care how good the ambience was. I don't care how good, you know, the, you know, the, how clean the bathrooms are and everything like that, whatever. If the food sucks, they ain't going back. If the training sucks, people ain't going back. So you got to have that in check. Now, I think some people take it too far, right? Um, but the reality is that you got to have good food if you want people to come back. And the third piece of the defense is the client experience. And this is kind of the, all the other stuff that I was just talking about, right? 
It's what are the other things that you do to keep people in the seats outside of the training session. Now, some of it happens actually in the session. Some of it is um, how you create value. And it's an interesting concept of value. Um, I, I learned this from, from the great Dan Kennedy, but everyone has their own form of value. And your job as a business owner is to continue to exceed the amount of value that they're getting relative to what they're paying. Whenever one, someone stops and quits, Aunt, they're, they're, they're not, they stay, what do they tell you, Aunt? They tell you it's too expensive. They tell you, ah, uh, you know, um, uh, my job, you know, my hours are changing at my job, so I can't make it anymore. All uh, my kids' schedules are heating up, right? Yeah, some of that might be true, but the real truth is you're not, as a business, not exceeding the value that they're getting. And so they give you all these different excuses of why they're leaving. People don't leave because of price. People don't leave. I mean, unless obviously they, they, they'll get literally legitimately lose their job. Right. Um, that is a, that's a thing, but right. Like, most of the people are just like, yeah, that's rare. They're, just, they're not. Yeah. Right. Um, and so your job is to always, always, always be increasing the value. Now, when I say value, you know, you can do things like give nutritional advice, give, you know, better workouts and enhance what you're doing in terms of number point number two that I just talked about. But number part three is all about the client experience, right? The overall client experience. And when Kennedy talks about this thing called IUP value, which is intangible, personal and unique value. Now, Think about this kind of value, and this is the kind of value that keeps people for the long term, right? So where does someone else go and, and they go to a business, they go to a you know, salon, they go to a restaurant or whatever, and, 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 and where do they go and, and they get a nickname, right? They go to this place and they go to this place and they get a nickname. Who, who does that? No one, right? <laughs> but if all of a sudden they they you they created nickname and and you went to so so if all of a sudden I go to my jujitsu school and my nickname is X, you know I don't know the 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 you know master of side control or whatever or, or like I don't know. or bounce back over time yeah or or bounce back right right but like all of a sudden so my the, the value the perceived value that I have of that company if I get a nickname is like well exceeds my experience with any other company than if I didn't. And I'm not saying this is the secret to retention. I'm just giving this as an example, right? Because it's a unique and personal thing to me, right? You, you showing up and knowing someone has a history of a shoulder problem and they go to overhead press and you say, Hey, you know what? We're not going to overhead press. Um, we're going to uh, do this row instead because I want to bang up that shoulder. And all of a sudden the client's like, oh yeah, that is value, extreme value because it's personal and you're telling the client, that is what keeps people in the seats for the long haul. So it's these personal relationships that are developed that drive the client experience. It's these unique things that you do, like nicknames, that drive the client experience. 
it's the it's it's the little things you do like drive community right i mean vanessa you know vanessa and you know she gets up at 6 a.m and goes to the gym every morning no matter what i I, a few weeks ago she was hung over she got so drunk the other night she was like she got like uh, she goes drinking in the sun or something and she ended up having four glasses of wine and all of a sudden i look over and she's like i was like dude she's drunk this girl was drunk she's like drunk chick in my house it's cool right and and i she's like she doesn't usually usually she's like a two drink girl and she's fine right but she just but she got up the next morning at 6 a.m and crushed the workout and you know why because she's got three friends that meet her at the gym every time i guarantee you those three friends weren't there she doesn't go i guarantee you she didn't like to go to the gym as much when those people aren't there so you're you're fostering community, you're fostering relationships, all is driving that client experience. So that's a huge piece of it, of the defense. So we are, uh, the defense is recruitment, hiring who the people are, the actual product, and then the client experience. And then the special teams unit, okay? Uh, before I go on to special teams, Ant, is there any questions? No. Uh- Love it. Love the way you're breaking this down. Love the way you're making it easy on these, you know, different three parts. I assume the special teams has three parts as well. The special teams has three parts. Of course it does. Um, so the words I like to use is, is, is building cash, right? So, so business is broken down to three things. We're, we're, we're going to get clients. We got to keep clients and we want to build cash. And the way you build cash is through operational efficiency. That's how you build cash is through operational efficiency that you do all the things that I'm talking to you talking about in these two units. And in addition to some supporting units, you do these efficiently. Okay. And so the, the three uh, units in, in the building cash unit are financial strength, predictable systems and leadership. Okay. So financial strength is really, there is a massive a massive problem in our industry about the lack of understanding of money. It is just rampant. And my best friend in the world, Mike Waldron, who is the CEO. uh, Do you know Mike? Have you met Mike before? Uh, I've never met Mike, but I absolutely love him because when I send out the invoice for the podcast, he's always the first one to pay. And also, by the way, he's the best. Sometimes he sends me the like I'll I'll send a bill and then that night at like two thirty in the morning it's like he'll be like thanks Aunt got it done I'm like it's two thirty what is this guy doing <laughs> Well he's he's on California time so it's uh it's not that still pretty late he's, he, but but so what he does is he's 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 been my CFO since pretty much 2010 and he's uh, he's he got you know who name the top gym owners in, in, in the country, um, all those perform better speakers, all those people like Mike Scott and his clients, right? This is the guy that you need in your corner, but I have learned so much and I'm so, um, grateful to have this person in my life, Mike. And, uh, but he has taught me so much about money and improving my financial education. And, I think that's really what it comes down to is the financial strength of your business doesn't come down to, you know, how much revenue you generate 
and anything like that. The financial strength comes down to your decisions that you make about money and your decisions you make and what you prioritize and how you look at the results of the money in your business. And a lot of people don't even look at this. They're running their business and they don't even look at a profit and loss statement. They don't even know how to read it. And one of the things we do at CEO Mastermind is they have to get in front of a room with their profit and loss statement. Everyone's looking at their profit and loss statement. And, and I'll tell you, you want to you know who the non-ego gym owners are? The non-ego gym owners are the ones that join my CEO Mastermind. Because these are the guys that get up in front of a room of 10 other guys um, and, and share. And literally, some of these guys would rather strip down naked and stand there in front of the room then show their financials. Yeah. And I've had people with legs shaking at the front of the room because they don't want it's just they had a bad quarter and they don't want it. They're embarrassed. Right. But it's the ultimate truth teller in business. Your financials tell the truth. A lot of gym owners run their business on emotion and they make decisions based on emotion. The truth teller in business is what the numbers tell you. And a lot of times we ignore that. We ignore it because we don't want to know the truth. And so when you're struggling, they don't want to look in the bank account. When you're struggling, they don't want to look at the P&L. When you're struggling, they want to ignore this part. When in reality, they need to turn all their attention to this part because it's the thing that's telling them the truth of what's actually happening. And there's really no way to make changes in the business without adjusting and and making um, decisions based on what the numbers are telling you. So, you know, I really look at this as, you know, th there's two things that people need to do. They need to get a financial education and understand how to learn, you know, how to read profit and loss statements and balance sheets and all that stuff. And Hey, it ain't sexy. That's why it's a special team. It's all the bullshit, right? It's special teams. It's not, you know, you don't get, you know the long, the long snapper doesn't get a lot of attention. Is Michael is Michael going to be offended that you you think he's a little weird and and uh, he's on special teams? <laughs> um, no, because he knows where he is and he's very comfortable. He's doing very well. So <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't feel that bad for him. Um, <laughs> right. So that's but but the other thing with financial strength is is what are the things that lead to how your business is going to look financially. And I call these the leading indicators. And I, I believe I've talked about this on the podcast before, Ant, but um, I, the way I have what, one of the first things I have a mastermind member do when they join the mastermind is I make sure that they're keeping a scoreboard. And I tell them every Monday, you need to sit down and look at these numbers. And they're not financial numbers. They're leading indicators that lead towards are your financials going to be what you want or are they not going to be what you want? And if I could break it down very simply, it is literally this. It's how many leads you got, how many trials you sold, how many memberships you signed up, and how many people you lost. Like if you really could run your business based on that, right? But now none of those are financial driven. They're lead their indicators to what will happen. So if you have a goal of getting 10 leads a week and, you know, five new clients a month, 10 new leads, so just say 10 uh, leads a week and five new clients a week, 
right? If that's your goal and that's those goals set up to what you want to accomplish. Um, but you got five leads and you only sign up one client. Well, that's going to show up and what the month, not what the financial set. And so, so you really got to run it from a data standpoint. The data is the truth teller in the business. And this special teams unit, they got it. You, you have to embrace, you have to embrace what is real and what is true. Okay. So that's number one. Um, number two is creating predictable systems. There's a lot of people out there that do a lot of stuff and they listen to, you know, my podcast and they listen to things and they just go out and they do some marketing and they go out and they do some selling and they go out and do some follow up and they go out and they do some referrals and they go out and they do some staff training. And really at the end of the day, what people need to do is they need to be building and documenting systems. So things that happen in their business can be repeatable and reliable. Let me give an example. So a bring a friend week is a popular thing to do, right? And it's a referral driver, right? And people say, oh, we're going to do a bring a friend week. And we're going to say, tell our clients that they can bring a friend this week. And hopefully the referrals turn into clients. That's an activity, right? A system is four times a year. On this exact week, we are going to have a bring a friend day. It's going to be called this. And these are the four things we're going to do to promote it, to make sure we get 15 people to come in. That's a system. And that's something that can be repeatable. It's reliable and it can be implemented. But most people don't build systems. They do, they do stuff. And so the second piece in your operational efficiency unit. So think about the amount of cash that will be generated if you have a system where you run this bring a friend week four times a year on these specific dates strategically versus, ah, let's get, you get an itch and you scratch it, right? You got an itch to get more clients, so you run a bring a friend day. Not a predictable system. It's just a thing that you're doing. And so you really need to break down the things that you do. How you hire people should be a system. People should have, if you have a job ed, you know, if you're a trainer, you should have that documented and know that if I need to hire somebody, I'm going to go put this job ad out and I'm going to run them through this process. I'm going to um, ask them these questions. I'm going to, if I do decide to hire them, I'm going to run them through this process to get them onboarded. Right? What is the process to teach a new trainer what they need to do? Is there a process or is it just like, yeah, slap them on the butt and say, go get them. Hopefully you do good. No, there's got to be a system in place to get that person ready to go and up to speed. How do you teach a squat? How do you do the warm up? Because if you don't have systems, there's going to be inconsistencies in business. And the last piece of the operational efficiency unit is leadership because without leadership remember all the things that need to get done in a business are really going to be done by by people right you'll have systems in place but there's still people that need to implement the systems right and so you can walk into think of the think of it like this you you can walk into a business and know immediately if there's a good leadership Right. If you walk into a business and all of a sudden you walk into a store 
and you walk into a store and there's people working there and no one says hello to you and they walk right by you and you're in there like, what the hell? Like, don't even say anything to me, right? You know that there's shitty leadership at that place, right? If, or if, and, and you walk into it in, in, in a better example, you walk in and all of a sudden someone greets you by name and asks you if you need anything. And all of a sudden there's like this great experience that you're having. And it's some person that's getting paid $20 an hour, but they're still invested and they're still doing a, a great job and they're still bought into the goals of the company then you know you've got good leadership. And so none of it works without leadership. None of it works without, and I'm not saying it has to be, the leadership has to be the owner, right? The, the, the real key is that you develop leaders within your company. That's the real business where you develop leaders that lead. People are, are struggling because they're the only leader that is in their business. And one of your goals is to be able to create more, more leaders. So those are the three pieces. So you got the getting clients unit, the keeping clients unit, and the building cash unit. And uh, defense and special teams. And this is going to be my big book that I'm going to write, you know, for the fitness industry. And, you know, obviously this is me getting all my thoughts out. There's a lot that will go into it. And, um, but hopefully this created a simple, you know, some clarity right that's what it's for it's like it's clarity it's clear it's like what should i be doing well this get these nine things in check man and you'll be good vince let me just ask you if you were like somebody came to you and said all right vince i've been i've been training for you know three to five years i got that down i've been I've been listening to all this stuff this book and that book and whatever and i'll follow all your stuff so would you recommend to say, okay, look, I'm going to open a gym, and but the budget now, instead of because what what it, people are normally do this the opposite way, like okay, I've had I've had a lot of clients, and I can open my own place, and and the numbers work out, or I can make a little bit of money, and then I could start to grow, and blah blah blah. But should I go into that thinking, okay, no, I need a bookkeeper, I need uh, and like a really good, you know, a, a Michael Waldron, I need um, I need to get all this stuff. Get these people, these separate, the salesperson, a marketing person, whatever. Should I go in thinking I need to do this right now, even though I'm not, I don't have the size? Like, should I think, wait till I grow or be ahead of the game? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And, and really, the way I usually answer it is um, I, you could go a couple different ways here, right? Because you could say that the only thing that matters in the beginning is sales and marketing and getting new customers. But, and I do at some point believe that. But in reality, if we're not doing a good job with retention and we have a leaking bucket, then you're just wasting time and money. So I, I, do, I do believe that I would, they're all important and they all need to be done. What the business the owner needs to do is to look at where they are in in each stage of the business, right? And going back to what we talked about earlier with the four different stages, I definitely strongly recommend your listeners going back and listening to that podcast. But in reality, if you're leaking clients, and this is where it really comes back to data, right? 
the data almost tells you what you need to do, right? If you look at your, your, your scoreboard and you look at your leads, trials, contracts, and retention, it kind of will almost tell you what you need to do. So I'd say the starting point is having the data that's telling you what's going on with your business. Because other than that, it's like really just based on how you feel. So without getting into a whole diatribe on the four stages again, I really think that the number one thing, whether how, no matter how big or how small you are, every week you need to sit down and you need to look at what are the numbers telling you. Because the numbers will tell you what you need to do and the numbers will tell you what you need to focus on. So that would be, I guess, my answer. And I don't know if it's a good one, um, but that would probably be like the big thing that people need to just yeah. get clarity around is what is the re- what is really happening. If all of a sudden you start tracking your leads and you get zero leads every week, well, you know you need help. You know you need or, – or all of a sudden you look at your retention and you're like, dude, we are freaking losing people at the wazoo. Every week we're losing clients, we're losing clients, we're losing clients. Well, man, I wouldn't even think about doing anything for marketing. I would just think about fixing your leaking bucket. Yeah. So yeah. I guess the, the base starting point is what is actually happening. Yep. And then and then going there. Very cool. Great stuff, Vince. This is uh, looking forward to uh, kind of you putting this all together, and uh, we'll kind of obviously we're going to keep uh, talking about. Uh, you know, different aspects of these things as we move on, especially in these special episodes. So, uh, Vince, once again, thanks so much for coming on and doing this and sharing uh, this uh, this great system. And this it's, love the analogy. It's good stuff. No, my pleasure. And, and I did uh, have a call with one of your listeners right before um, the, the, we got on this call. And he was a young gym owner and a really, really great conversation that we had. And he had just become a member of my uh, Marketing Master Insiders Club. And so if your listeners want to get coaching from me and they only want to spend a dollar to get it, they should just go to club.vincegabriel.com and they can get started with a $1 trial and get coaching and advice and um, business info from myself and my team. That's club.vincegabriel.com. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Very cool. All right, Vince. Well, we will talk to you next time, brother. Thanks, brother. Talk to you soon.